Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The best, the number one, greatest innovation the game has brought in, 4020. Welcome to a bonus podcast, 4020 International Special, because we've got a triple header of games coming up in Leeds this weekend. On Saturday, England's men finished their three-match series against Tonga, looking for a 3-0 victory, which, if it's anything less, I think Sean Wayne will go apoplectic at his squad. On Sunday, it's a rematch of last year's Wheelchair World Cup final between England and France, and the weekend kicks off on Saturday lunchtime with England versus Wales in a women's international. We'll hear later from uh, Jodie Cunningham. There's a reason why I've left her until last, and if you've seen the video clip, you'll know why. But... First, let's talk Wales with uh, Georgia Taylor, the Yorkville Valkyrie player, who's got a try in her international debut against France at the weekend. Congratulations on the first cap. Congratulations on the first try. Um, sum up 2023. It's not been a bad year, I guess, for you on the rugby pitch. Yeah, it's been a journey in itself. Not as much game time as I'd have hoped, but it is that it's professional sport, isn't it? So we've got to compete against our teammates, but also enjoyed the journey and have enjoyed being part of the team and the team's success and I've got to think back in 2019 so I'm still learning a sport and I'm still developing and every year I progress and every year I've got better and better opportunities so yeah I think to get a cap at the end of a uh, end of this season has been fantastic. I mean this is the thing is that you, you didn't pick up a rugby ball till 2019 that's what that's what York's Twitter feed says so yeah. That's, that sounds great. So that's four years. But actually, in reality, 2020 didn't happen for reasons we yeah. all know. So so it's three years you've gone from nothing to, you know, being part of a grand final winning squad, League Leader Shield again, and an international player. It's not, not a bad, not a bad few years then, is it? Sometimes I forget to look at that when I'm maybe not... Um... Maybe I think oh, I'm not where I should be, but I should actually just look back and think, well, actually, I've made a lot of progress in the time that I've been playing. Um, so, yeah. So not, not only have you made a lot of progress personally, but Wales Rugby League have as well. Um, obviously, the Northern Hemisphere nations do need 
um, an enhanced level of competition between them to match what we've been seeing from the, the Gillaroos and the Ferns. How have you found the similarities or differences between sort of the York squad and, and now being part of the Wales one? Um, so the standard is still high, like at Wales, like the training's been really good. Um, the expectations are really high of the players. Um, I only came into the setup. I've had two training sessions with Wales um, at the back end of the season and obviously got the first um, the starting shirt for the game against France. Um, the standard is a little bit different. I think it is always going to be when you've got not a lot of the players come from Super League. So, yeah, they have the, I mean, the Cardiff Demons did had a really, really good season, um, but they're still not matching the standard of, um, like, York, St Helens, Leeds in that Super League. Um, and I think it's trying to match that and having equal amount of players matching that. But the effort levels from the girls, the determination, like, it's fantastic. And it has been really good to be in that setup. And in terms of camaraderie, the Welsh are always renowned for for pulling together under the flag and eating Welsh cakes and uh, singing the anthem with with more gusto and actually in tune than any other nation. Have you enjoyed all of that side of it as well? Yeah, no, it's been really good. It's been really good. They talk a lot about the red thread and how we can make our red thread stronger of pulling on that shirt and being one team. And I do feel, even though I've only just come into the team, I already feel part of it. And I felt very welcome and coming into the team and supported. Phil, and into, I'm sorry, Phil. That's all right. I thought you were talking to your cat then. <laughs> I was saying, in terms of your participation, what's your Welsh connection? Are, are you sort of born and bred there? Is it heritage through your mum and dad? or um, Heritage through granddad. So my granddad was um, Welsh. Lovely. What part? North, south? Um, is Landudno. Right, north, about as far north as you can get. <laughs> and is the family incredibly proud that you've pulled on that, that red shirt? Yeah, yeah, really proud. I think it was one of them, it probably wasn't expected kind of like to happen so soon, I guess, in a way, to get an international call up. So, um, yeah, really proud. I mean, Phil's mentioned the anthem singing. I always bring this up because England generally terrible. Every, every single time you see England singing, not very good. So how, how does that work? Now you can, you know, have you learned the words yet? Are you, are you are you fluent? Can you can you bang it out as well as anyone who's you know completely Welsh? No, I am not fluent yet. Um, yeah, the girls are very good at singing it. There was very loud um, on game day. I think. At one point, I think we were even louder than the crowd singing the France anthem. So, um, no, it was really, really good. Um, however, no, I have not fluently learned it yet. You just need to join in those bits where the, sh the shouty bit near the end. That's the story. <laughs> that's, that's all you mind the rest of it. That's why I used to when I used to play the recorder at school, just mind the rest <laughs> of it and, and get involved in, in the big bits. Mentioning school, you're a PE teacher, obviously, my bet noir as, as a child, but. What what do the kids make of it all? Not just, well, I mean, obviously you're going to go back now to school and, and there you are, you're an international rugby league player. Yeah, the the students are really invested. Like they're always asking me, um, like when I'm playing or miss we seeing you on TV or like miss we saw that you scored at the weekend. Like they are, they're always like um, asking me about it and they're always really intrigued about it. Um, 
like I say, this time, this season, they even had a joke of me, they're like, Miss, you're on the bench again. I'm like, haha. So they do have a little bit of banter about it and stuff. But I think it's really good on the flip side of that is that it's broadening, like, because it's always the girls that are speaking to me about it. So it's just opening it up to them, like the opportunities that they could have, because a lot of them do play rugby. Um, most play union, but some play league. But I think either or, it's just opening up that they can see the opportunities and they can see, hopefully, that even the setbacks that I've had, I haven't given up. And now I've had an international call-up at the end of uh, a season. So, yeah, they do. They are very interested in it all. I'm sure. I mean, this is the easiest question. I know. You, you must all be really looking forward to, to Saturday because there's nothing Wales like more than playing England. <laughs> yeah. It's going to, I am really excited. I think, well, I'm playing against a lot of my um, York teammates, which will be really fun. Um, but I am really excited. I think it's, it, it, we're playing one of the best international teams. And I think to be the best, you have to play the best. So um, hopefully we can turn up and give them a competition um, and it'd be a really good game. So yeah, I'm excited. You mentioned, obviously, um, being on television as well. Um, this is going to be primetime BBC. Um, everybody will be settling down with their soup for lunch to watch you. Um, how exciting is that, that, um, you know, friends, relatives, everyone around the country can can see how how well you're playing this game at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's really good. I think the women's game, like, the growth it's had since, like, even I started in 2019 to now, like, even the opportunities in the Super League game where it's been broadcast on Sky, etc., and then to be broadcast on, like you say, mainstream TV, um, where a lot more people have opportunity to access it, it is, it's amazing. And it's really good that people get to see the standard of the women's game. And in some ways, you've made the preparation for this game more difficult by playing the week before in France, which is something that um, I know Tom Brindle wants to do to try and replicate when it comes around to World Cup qualification. However, that looks at the moment, nobody really knows. But was that was that good to go to France a week before such a big game? You're obviously going to pick up the odd injury. You might still be feeling some bruises from it now um, as you prepare for the England game. Or is it exactly what you needed to gel and and, and get yourselves match fit for Saturday? Yeah, I think, personally, I think it, it's been really good. I think, one, to be able to play with the girls before going out on to the, like, that main stage and on with the big cameras and play in England. Um, and it's allowed us to review what we need to do better. Um, so we are able to be like, right, well, that didn't work or this worked really well or we need to do this better. Um, so Tom's already been on with, like, putting things in the chat of things we need to focus on. We go into camp tomorrow, so I'm travelling down to Cardiff tomorrow um, for training. So it'll be good to be able to reflect and review the game and then put the wrongs um, to rights ready for Saturday. So I think it has been a good good thing to do. You'll have played with some players for the first time then at the weekend. Who impressed you in that Wales squad who we should be looking out for on Saturday? Um, oh God, there was a few to be fair. Um, Beth and Dane, and obviously she plays in, in Leeds as well. She was really good. Um, the halfbacks, uh, Karis and Ree, they're really good at like getting the ball out. Um, 
there was a couple of the forwards running hard. Um, so yeah, no, there, there's quite a few in there that um, that are standout players, and I think hopefully we can put a competition against England at the weekend. I mean, we were talking to Jodie Cunningham yesterday, and, and obviously she's got a job at the RFL as well as being the England captain, and part of that is developing the game, and it's important that we develop the countries around England and France so we have a, a stronger international setup, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. I think, like, obviously, you've got the likes of Ireland. Obviously, they're currently looking for a new coach as well. Um, so they, I think, yeah, building up the countries around England and having um, better international setup, like you say, well, is the way, like, what we need to strive to towards. Just in terms of. Um how you think it's going to go on Saturday. I think England said they're expecting a very physical encounter from you for the first 20 minutes. I think they're looking at fitness maybe to wear you down. Have, have you thought about how the game's going to pan out over the 80 minutes? Um, I'm not sure. I think England, like, they're a phenomenal side. Like, you've got to take into consideration they're made up of four of the best Super League teams that have won and lifted silverware across the... Um, past few years and they are very very good they're very good players and they've played a lot together where we're a new newish well side so we had six debuts um playing at the weekend and I think for us as Wales we just need to go and compete um put our bodies on the line make it a physical game but also make sure we're completing our sets we're um like putting them down the other end of the field and we're making it hard for them to get up and score and not making it an easy game and i think it's all about it's just that competition um and making sure we're doing everything we can to put ourselves in the best situation um for that game or in that game and there were about a thousand people, I think, at Carcassonne watching you. Obviously, a nice sunny French afternoon. Um, it'll be probably fifteen thousand at Headingley on Saturday. It'll bound to be raining. Um, it'll be probably cold showers afterwards. Are, are you looking forward to that contrast? That um, you know, one minute you're you're in the south of France sunning yourself, and the next minute you're in front of a fervent, passionate crowd in, in Leeds. Yeah, it wasn't actually as warm as you think in France. It was still like, still had the hoodie on. So, but no, um, it, I think it's just, no, I just love playing. So I don't care if it's in the sun, the rain, whatever. Um, it's just good to get out on the pitch, get out there with your teammates and put on the performance that you know you can do. York, grand final winners, league leadership. I mean, you finally won the grand final. So that we can't talk about yeah. that anymore. Tawi and Stanley said that after the finals. We can't can't say you don't win finals. You've done it now. League mm -hmm. leader shield, signing players here and there, and, and then now you've signed players up to professional contracts. What's next? What what can York do next? You're going to play a game on the moon or something? God knows. God knows what we can do next. Um, I, I think it's it's fantastic what the club are doing. They're really like pushing the women's game. And it, I think if you asked any of the players, they wouldn't, I don't think they would know what York are going to do next. I don't think we ever really know until it happens. And it's just as a big shock to us that it's happening as it is to everybody else. So the people that are working on in the background um, like Clint is he, he really drives the club forward and he has a big passion for us um in the women's team. I almost don't want to put it this way, but are they almost shaming other clubs in the way they do things? Because you, there are 
men's Super League clubs who don't have the kind of investment, not just money-wise, but in terms of effort and energy into the women's game as you're doing in the championship? Mm, uh, yeah, I, I think it's one of them. It's like they can do it, so why not push the team forward and why not like pave the pathway for other clubs to then follow? You mentioned that, that you're going down to Cardiff tomorrow to, to start your um, build-up for this game. You mentioned also that quite a lot of the team are from Cardiff Demons who've had a couple of really impressive seasons. Would would you like to see them in the Women's Super League Division 1? Do you think they're, that would help them develop and maybe that they're, they're ready to compete even at the bottom end of that, that Super League? Oh, definitely. I think... Like I said before, you need to play the best to be the best. And I think when we played them um, as York against Cardiff Demons, they were a really good side. They were physical. And I can see that when I'm training with them as well. And I think to bring that standard up, yeah, we all need to be competing at a similar level. So, yeah, I think they would, would benefit from coming into the Division 1 of Super League. And how many times have you watched your try from Sunday? <laughs> Um, I've not watched it that much, but my dad does keep, like, and my family have, like, a WhatsApp chat, and it does keep reappearing in there, or anything that's been mentioned about it goes straight into the WhatsApp chat before I even I've seen it, so my dad actually missed it live, because his stream cut off, so he was a bit worried, <laughs> he said it cut off just before, it said it came back on as she was doing the kick, and he was like, to my mum, they're kicking at George's side. Do you think George has scored? And then he said the family chat just started going, well done, Georgia. Um, so, yeah, he missed it. But it has been played a lot in the family chat, yeah. <laughs> so even though he's missed it live, he's had enough chance to, to catch up. Yes, and it's posted on his Facebook, like, along with a million other photos from the weekend. So what happens if you score on Saturday? Is, it, is the WhatsApp group just going to explode? Probably. <laughs> Uh, it, uh, it's been great talking to you, Jordy. Anything else, Phil? Are, are you? No, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that you, you, you're just going to have as good an experience playing in it as I think we're going to have watching it. And the, there's a desperate need for a Northern Hemisphere rivalry, and it, it doesn't come much bigger than than Wales and England. Um, so all, all power to you. I, I hope you have a wonderful time, and um, it leads to a lot of other international recognition. Uh, enjoy Saturday. Enjoy the singing. Uh, we will. Um, I was going to say good looking Welsh, but I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't work out how to do it. I can't work out how to do it. And I don't want to upset any Welsh speakers watching. So uh, the very best of luck. We will see you on Saturday. And uh, good luck for that and the uh, the season coming up with York. Thank you. See you later. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I was watching on TV a year ago when uh, Tom Halliwell scored the winning try in the Rugby League World Cup final for England against France. And I was going mad on my sofa, probably upsetting the cats, but, you know, they're like, they get upset about anything. Uh, in a moment, we'll hear from his coach, Tom Coy, but here's the man who was closest to Tom Halliwell when he scored that try, because he is Tom Halliwell. Tom, some of the last 12 months. Um, a whirlwind, probably. Um, if you would have asked me, well, I literally, um, I had a refresher on my phone about yes, this time last year, we were just heading into camp, and I was just like, it's crazy to think that going into that World Cup, how my life would change from that, and uh, I, I showed it in the group chat to our players and we were a bit like, oh, how crazy is this? Like Going into a World Cup completely, just with task at hand, we wanted to win a World Cup and create the biggest legacy from that and I think we've done that. And uh, to get the honours that I've had and everything from that is just it's an amazing experience. So, yeah, I'm very, very happy about that. It's a strange thing to say, but obviously going into the World Cup, you don't expect anything to happen. You just go out there and play rugby. But what's been the highlights of the last tournament of things you would never... You know, Wimbledon, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, Wimbledon, uh, OBE, um, going to sports personality of the year. Like The list is just endless. Like I've been given this this chance to showcase our sport and, and um, really just put myself out there and I'm taking the spot with me and I want to I want to go on this journey I want to take the spot to uh, new levels and I think that we can do that with the Chamber of the League and um, I'm just happy to be on the journey with it so whatever whatever comes to me will come to the game as well and whatever comes to the game will come to me so yeah very grateful for the opportunities that I, that I get from the World Cup and from playing with the Chamber of the League. League leadership winners with Leeds but two final defeats <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you over those yet? Two that grand final as well, especially being very, very close. Um I'm happy we've got league leaders because if we if we wouldn't have won any silverware I'd have been I'd have been a very, very, very disappointed. But yeah, those two finals will hurt and they'll hurt for a long time. But um I'm very I'm very good when I'm in international camp, I'm in international mode. When I'm in domestic, I'm in domestic mode whereas I'm, I'm happy to, to escape from that now and the task at hand is France over here and then in the 25th in Marseille and, and that's the task at hand and uh, I'm ready to ready to do that for England and then when that comes round in pre-season I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that then. How many times have you watched the, the try since the final? <laughs> um, I went I went a while without watching it, you know. I, I think I probably went about four months without watching it just because I was just like, I just wanted to savour it and savour the moment with how big it was and then um, I think we were at an award and it came up and I like, I didn't realise how loud the crowd actually was, because uh, every time I, I was there in the moment, I, I was so, I was so full of adrenaline and so zoned out. I didn't hear anything. I just had my teammates all around me jumping all over me, and then when I watched it back, I realised how loud the crowd actually was, and it was it was amazing. And yeah, probably probably the best moment of my life. Yeah. yeah. Were you able to take it in at the time? Was it something that it just sinks in gradually? What, what yeah. Yeah, I think it just sinks in gradually as time's gone on and. Um, sort of 
yeah, like at the moment I was just thinking, oh yeah, we've won the game. I didn't think, oh, I scored the winning try to win the game. I just thought, oh, we've won it. But um, yeah, it's amazing. But I soon have to sort of switch away from that because there's other tasks at hand. Like I had the full season with Leeds to cope with, and I can't be thinking, oh yeah, I've got to win a try in the World Cup, this and that. But um, no, uh, I had to switch off and go move on to the next thing. And I was still haven't earned my space in the England squad. Still had to work hard and work hard at every camp and every training session. And still perform well and play well throughout the year as well so the, it were nice in the moment and nice to sort of think about it and do all that stuff but at the same time you can't sort of rest on your lows a little bit you've got to work hard and, and keep going next thing France on Sunday yes uh, the yeah. first time in Leeds uh, I mean amazing venue to have a game first of all yeah I've been there to watch concerts and I think the last time good ones. <laughs> the last one was Gary Barlow <laughs> so no that's the answer to that. fair enough um, yeah <laughs> so I've been there before to watch people perform and, 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 and do their stuff and now it's my turn to go out there and perform and it's my home city it's my where I was born it's representing my country captain of my country leading the boys out it's, it's stuff of dreams like stuff like that doesn't happen to me and doesn't happen to people like me so I'm I'm very grateful and truly honoured to be able to have that opportunity and yeah there's so many people coming to watch me and my fam like me and me and the team play so uh, it's going to be a very surreal moment and no doubt I'll end up crying in a national anthem <laughs> The documentary obviously has built up this rivalry for people who weren't aware beforehand what's it like between you and the French obviously when you when you get out there on the field Oh it's, it's war it's a full <laughs> war when we're out on the field together and it, it genuinely is you, it's do or die for your country and, and, and that's what it's like out there against France and they're the same they'll be hungry they'll be starving probably even after the World Cup and um, yeah, we're, we're even hungrier as well and, and we, we don't want to be oh yeah we've won the World Cup we, we've got the number one spot in the world but we want to keep that we want to keep on going we want to keep on going and, and see how far we can take this sport and we want to be the best we want to be the best at everything and and especially with how we've been going in camp this year, with our standards have improved, improved again, and the level of the sport has just improved, and our standards have just improved, and there's only way that we're going to keep up, and and that's hopefully we'll win at the weekend. Where do you stand on the the differences in philosophy between <laughs> how England see wheelchair rugby league and how the French, but perhaps more, they see it as a more pure form, but we perhaps take it a bit, a bit close to the edge. Yeah, I think, we, I think we see it as an art. We see it as rugby league. We see it as a, we, will, we will play rugby league, whereas I think the French are sort of, will play a sort of the wheelchair style of, of the sport. I mean, each to their own opinions. I mean, it's, it's very successful both styles of play and the way we both teams play is very successful and it sort of counteracts, it counteracts each other and yeah, it's just whoever whoever was best in the night. I mean, I'll stick to our principles and I'll stick to our game plan and stick to the way we play. And, and to be fair, their game's not really a focus for me and they could do what they do, but we're just going to focus on us and that's the only thing that we, we're worried about is us, not, not, not them. One of the things that stuck out was the, the I think it was the half-time talk from Tom Coyd. Have you got any idea what he was talking about ice creams? Because I asked him a couple of weeks ago and he, he had no <laughs> idea what he was talking about. Were you, were you actually listening at that point? What, what's going through your mind at that point? Half-time in a World Cup final, what do you think? Are you listening to anyone? Are you just we were, we were, we were two points down at the time and I remember going into the uh, going into the, like, the, the half-time and so calm and so relaxed. Like We knew it would be like that and we knew that we, we it would be two points in it whether we'll be winning or they'll be winning. Um, we just knew it was going to be like that and we knew we were going to be close and we just thought, right, stick to our game plan. It's going well. Continue in the second half and it'll go our way as well. And uh, get the ice cream. I, 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 think, <laughs> I don't even know what he was on about, to be honest. I just think we were all switched on and ready to go. That um, 
we kind of just like, like allowed him, allowed him to get on with it. But no, he's he's a great coach, and his his, his speeches and his talk sort of just encapsulate the whole room and encapsulate the whole team, and, and we'll do anything for him out there, and it'll be the same this weekend. Two final things. First, on Sunday, what what's the for people who are wavering, you know, they might be wanting to watch it on telly, but if they're in the Leeds area, what are you saying to the team? Why should they come and watch it? Why should they put their hard earned money down and come and see them on Sunday? It's the best con- two best countries in the world going at each other. It's going to be a war, it's going to be physical, it's going to be aggression, you're going to see skill, you're going to see pace, you're going to see some of the best athletes in the world, in my opinion. And um, yeah, it's going to be a spectacle. And uh, I think people should definitely come out and watch there and fill out the crowd and cheer on England and, and make, make it loud for us. and. Be, be that extra man that we can, what we need. What's harder than playing wheelchair rugby league or writing a column every month for? <laughs> I find, I mean, I've tried both, but you know, the, the writing is too hard. Luckily, uh, Phil to help me out with that, so I'd say, I'd say, I'd say the harder thing is playing wheelchair rugby league. So um, it never, it never, it never gets easier and always gets harder. So I'd have to say that. What is it with players, surnames B and C? There's no one after K in the alphabet. What? Is, there some re- is there some reason for na- with, with names that make them better at wheelchair rugby league? Like, well, um, there's, a, there's there's a growing player pool, you know, a smaller player pool than some other sports, so may- maybe it's a coincidence. But yeah, short range in the alphabet for this squad. Um, France on Sunday, obviously, we look back a year. What, what's your year been like since winning the World Cup? It's been. Um, a lot of things that I've never experienced before. So, um, lots of growth, lots of challenges, lots of juggling work life and, and coach life and, and family life. But um, I think that's a good sign that life's going well. Winning a World Cup, it opens doors in terms of, you mentioned the press conference, you know, players going to Wimbledon, you get awards from royalty, royalty come to meet you. What's been the big change in terms of how you're seen by the outside world? Um, Obviously, interest and visibility is great, but um, I think it's respect for the sport and and the athletes. Um, When when you're not a professional athlete, I think people assume that you don't put enough effort or as much effort into into training and preparation. But um, the way the the players play on the field and how how organised and professional we are, I think it takes people by surprise. And then um, you know opinion quickly changes and you get treated just like uh, any other professional sport, which is really nice. Have you had any conversations with other sports? They come to you and say, "Well, you've won a World Cup. What? How did you do that? Is that, is that kind of something that happens now?" With, motivational speaking in a sense yeah not not motivational speaking per se but comparing notes uh, especially with with other sports who are in a similar position to us um you know i take i take inspiration from um you know our, our leading sports teams like the england football team sean wayne and his england men but um you know those more kind of like pioneering and and real in, in like a real growth stage sports like our lionesses england netball even wheelchair rugby and wheelchair basketball who obviously have a lot of synergy so um yeah there's a there's a lot of networking and and kind of looking over each other's shoulders to see where we can steal ideas really make sure that Wayne should be coming to you won a world he hasn't yet with England well um it's totally different landscape so i wouldn't compare achievements and i think sean sean's done an amazing job with the challenges that have come his way <laughs> not least the postponed world cup and and all the things that happen around that. Um, so, 
I'd be, I'm really proud of, of the work that he's done with that team. It's a big weekend, obviously yourself, the men and the women all play. How important is it that England are seen as this one unit, not just three separate teams? Well, it's something we should celebrate, definitely, um, to have uh, three separate sporting teams um, under the same umbrella that are all very, very successful in, in each of their own um, environments. I think it's really unique. And um, like, like I said in the press conference, I'm really proud of England it, in terms of like the period of success that they're having with, with their national sports. I think we're doing great at the minute um, and it's amazing to be part of that movement. So England Rugby League are, are in an amazing place. Um, my lifetime is not as long as some other coaches, but I feel like it's as good as it's ever been for England. Being around the, the England camp at the weekend, the, the football camp at St George's, what was that like as an experience being around the, everything around there, especially with the, the Lionesses being there at the same time? Yeah, I mean, that, that was serendipitous, really, because um, we absolutely loved watching what they did in the Euros, uh, because that was right when we were in the thick of our preparation for the World Cup last year, so rubbing shoulders with them was a nice, like, full circle, and um, also just, like, being in that bubble of like the cutting edge of sports preparation was uh, eye-opening, inspiring. Um, it, it 100% lifted the intensity at training. It was as good as a session um, over a, a two-day camp that we've ever had. So um, yeah, worth it definitely. You mentioned Gareth Southgate in the press conference. Do you understand the, the stick he gets? I mean, he's the, the highest-profile coach you could probably get yeah. in this country, in the world, perhaps, in the world, yeah. football team. Yeah. Do you understand that criticism he gets for a, a team which has performed much better than some of his predecessors have done? Yeah, um, like, like I said, I'm just so impressed with how he handles it all. And when you, the higher profile you get, the more likely you are to see the best and the worst of fandom. And... Um, from what I understand as an outsider looking in is he's done an amazing job with that team to quiet down the noise and get them to just enjoy themselves and go back to why they started playing sport in the first place so um, if I could take anything out of, of the lessons that he's kind of put out into the world I'd be a great coach We're talking about England France at the weekend how hard was it to pick a squad especially with no, no Wigan players and they won the grand final? Um, uh, it was so tough to pick a squad and um, we, we had Wigan players in the train on squad right up until to this final selection point, um, and, and that was testament to the playoff run that Wigan made. You know, they came from third and and being very much like not in the reckoning really to make the grand final to going on and beating the most successful wheelchair rugby league team uh, in the country for the last probably five years in Leeds. Um, so yeah, it was is a really tough selection to come all the way down from 16 where we were about six weeks ago right down to eight which is a, a kind of new challenge for me as a coach where the um, the available uh, kind of maximums come down from 10 to eight so there's two players less that you've got to choose from tactically and um, obviously the, the player pool's got deeper in terms of how many players are of England standard this year so good headache no doubt where does the sport go from here? Obviously, as you mentioned, participation numbers up. We could only have to see the amount of clubs that are springing up, and not just clubs, but development squads within clubs. It must be great to see from last year how that has grown exponentially. Yeah, um, couldn't have scripted it, and um, I'm so grateful for the amount of people that stick in there or in. You know, we, we've been we've been 
working so hard in in the shadows really to to try and show people how good of a sport wheelchair rugby league is. So um, I think um, where's next? Um, we could pick a number of directions and. The, the the management team that kind of sculpts the sport are working incredibly hard to make sure that we pick the right one because um, we're kind of at a watershed moment really. Yeah, the, the domestic games almost because it's kind of it's developing as we speak. You can try different things at that level. Yeah. How do we get more intensity? How do we get better? A better opponent's ring. It seems it's the wrong phrase I'm using, but how do we increase the player pool, not just for England, but across the world, so that it's not just England and France who are competing in the big games? Yeah, I, I don't want to sound like a, a broken record in terms of um, what rugby league people have been saying for years, but the international game is crucial. Um, I'd say that as the England coach, so obviously that that's my opinion, but um, we we want to have challenges from from as many countries as possible not only because it makes us as a team better but it grows the sport globally and and we want everyone to to hear about this great story that's wheelchair rugby league um the, the player pool for the home nations is growing every, every week there's a new player signing up for several clubs up and down the country and i know dundee dragons won an award last night at the variety disability awards here in leeds so um i've got great hope for the countries that are close to us and who knows there might be another surprise nation that joins in the next World Cup like America did last year you know that Jack Brown's going to make the Australians really great and then we've got that, that but it is, it's another natural rivalry to England Australia we saw at the World Cup how much interest was in that game before and I guess that's the, the next frontier for wheelchair rugby league is down in Australia yeah we've got to be careful what we wish for there because obviously the, the kangaroos are uh, an amazing opponent um, for England and, and Great Britain since since time began in the sport um, Jack Brown's an England player through and through so I've, I've no worries there but um, he's doing a great job in, in helping develop their players up in North Queensland and where he lives in Townsville he's got um, four of the starting Queensland players that he actually coaches so um, I think if they do things the right way and, and we want them to then they'll be a force to reckon with come 2026 Sunday the, the great thing that everyone's noticed from the documentary and during the World Cup, it's not as if it was a secret that the French have their philosophy, England has theirs. Can it meet in the middle or will that always be the case that England play a certain way, France want to play? Uh, I think on the pitch it's great if it doesn't meet in the middle because that stark contrast is what makes great TV and um, great entertainment which at the end of the day that's exactly what sport is so I, I'm quite happy that we're pulling in opposite directions on the field but off the field um, if you boil it right down it's we, we both want what we think is best for the sport so um, I think that we're heading in the right direction um, the more good smart thinkers that we get in the room the better the sport's going to become and over the next few years we will land on, on the right definition You can't obviously look ahead to the second game without going through the first how ready are you in terms of, in your head for the team on Sunday to perform at their best against but obviously you're going to be a team who were desperate to, to put the record straight after last year yeah um, if, if the France World Cup team last year were hungry I think that this France team are going to be starving because um, they've lost that world champion title and um, there's been a, a little bit of squad rotation that means 
there's, there's players in that French team who will be looking to state their claim and, and show their coaches that, that they're the, the new players that can take that France team forward. So I think it will be equally as hard, if not harder, than, than last year. From car parks to arenas, then, big crowd expected on, on Sunday. And, and I guess, well, I, I spoke to your, well, someone you know well, Mr. Mr. Martin Collins last year, ahead of the, the Lionesses final. It was the day of the final, here at the summer back. And he said, dream, you know, we're, we're here to dream. Could, it, could you have ever thought anything like this would have been possible? within that 12, 18 months that you go from going into a World Cup to playing a, an international test match in a big arena in a major city. Well, yeah, yeah, I could have because, like you say, we've been dreaming. We've been dreaming all along. And if you don't have those dreams, then you, you basically just take whatever comes to you and that's not always the right way to do things. Um, we've always wanted to play on the biggest stage and, and at, the, at the Wheelchair Rugby League Awards last February, I said, from the car park to the copper box. And now we're at the first direct arena, so... Um, there's a bit of a theme developing. Um, I hope that we can put on a great event and, and we'll join the ranks of some of the most incredible performers that have ever walked the planet um, when, we, when we take the stage at the first direct arena on Sunday. So what a place for us to join. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Finally then, back to that first game of the weekend as England's women take on Wales. And before we get rudely interrupted by an evacuation... Uh, to Headingley Stadium. It genuinely happened. You'll hear it at the end. Uh, here's a woman of many hats, which I think is how I introduced this interview. So uh, that's poor broadcasting by me. But anyway, here is Jodie Cunningham. A woman of many hats, Jodie. Always, uh, yes. Yeah. Let's start with the <laughs> England captaincy hats. Yes. How excited are you for leading the team out here on the Saturday against Wales? Yeah, really excited. I think the international, at the start of the year, um, which obviously was my first as captain, um, got an injury just before it and there was hit and miss whether I was going to be able to play and was reduced was had limited minutes that I was allowed to do um, just to get me out there really give me that opportunity so I'm just excited to be able to go out there and you know my body's feeling good you know off the back of a, a relatively good season for Saints um, you know excited to just go out there and be able to focus and do a job for England and hopefully do the girls proud Wembley I haven't spoken to you since then yeah. what, what, what was that like you, you made history then it wasn't a bad day it was definitely not a bad day um, honestly like 
probably the best day in my life but not even just the day it was the build up it was the week two weeks um building into that knowing that you're going to get the chance to go to Wembley it was travelling down obviously as a squad we don't do anything like that because you know we, we don't play away anywhere where we would need to stay over so travelling down early staying over just that real professional feel to it getting to walk around Wembley before and know that you're going to be part of the first women to walk out there and play on that pitch was just yeah it was mind blowing it was so far beyond anything I thought I'd get the chance to do in this game that I just felt like I could embrace every minute and just be really grateful for the opportunity of what it was. Um, now I just want to do it all over again. <laughs> so we go back even further now to this time last year, and it's the it's the World Cup. You open it against Brazil here on a, was it a Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was a Tuesday. Amazing crowd, loads of school kids from the local area enjoying themselves. After all the building, obviously you've been part of that building to the World Cup as an ambassador. It's then postponed. We finally get round to it. What are your memories of the World Cup? The good memories, obviously, didn't end the best, but the good memories yeah. of the World Cup. Yeah, no, I've got loads of really good memories from the World Cup. Similarly, the build-up to a World Cup is really exciting. It's that moment in time where international rugby league is absolutely the forefront of everyone's minds and particularly with the way that world cup was all three together it really just felt like it was a game changer for the women and that opening game here packed out like say loads of school kids loads of young girls in the crowd as well and their families who were probably at the start of their rugby league journey and hopefully we inspired a lot of them you know viewing figures at home were really good as well so I think there was a lot of people who saw the potential of the women's game and, and became fans off the back of what we did on that day. So, yeah, it was the opener of that. Like you say, it, it felt like the build-up to that World Cup was so long because of the delay, because I worked on it for so long, so it was the forefront of my mind. Um, yeah, that day was sort of the culmination of all that hard work and I definitely uh, filled up a little bit when we were singing the national anthem, realising what a big moment it was. Most inclusive World Cup ever, but now going forward, they're being split apart. What are, what are your feelings about that? Torn, really. Obviously, um, you could see directly the benefit that having them all together was for not just the women in wheelchair, I think for the men's game. Um, what that offers us as a sport to talk about all the different versions we have and all the ways in which people from all different backgrounds can get involved with our sport, I think it's really important. Um, but there is a point which I understand where we, you know, we have to stand on our own as a tournament and have our own identity, which I think that's the benefit of being able to split the tournaments is you can be more specific and unique around what are the selling points of the women's game or of the wheelchair game. So, look, I'm torn. There's loads of benefits and, and negatives to both, but I think people are doing that for the right reasons because they're starting to see that actually the women's game is not just this other tournament that happens to happen. Um, no, it's actually something that's a really great product that we can make the most of if we do it right. Um, and it's really exciting to finally have people on the bandwagon of Women's Rugby League. I've been banging this drum for so many years, it feels like. And actually, I don't really need to bang it anymore because there's a full army of people banging drums now because, yeah, I think the women's game has now really got to that point where it's gathered enough momentum that people see it as a real force. So with the England captaincy happening again, what are you expecting from Wales on Saturday afternoon? Look, we're expecting a really tough battle. We know that they've got a couple of injuries and, and a little bit weakened squad from that perspective but they've got some people back I think um, Leanne Burnell who is their fullback 
she was outstanding when we played them last year. Um, I think she probably saved about four tries on her own from fullback. She hopefully, um, from their perspective, <laughs> is is going to be making a, a return to the squad. Uh, she didn't she didn't play out in France, but they put on a good performance out in France and narrowly got beat. So yeah, look, we're prepared for a tough battle. We know they're going to up the game for England. I think every every uh, home nation ups their ups their game when they have to play England, and we know that's going to be the case at the weekend. So we're just trying to focus on us and make sure we perform like we can. A lot of focus on Georgia Roach coming back, of course. You've got to get her back up to eighty minutes. Because they play 70 minutes down there. I know, I know. Well, yeah, we're going to have to carry Roche. <laughs> no joking. Um, look, she's an outstanding player and I love playing off her. I just think she's such an exciting half. She is one of the most natural in terms of just being able to read a game, find the right pass, make the right choice um, for what's in front of her rather than you know being pre-planned with her plays. And I love that style of play. I, I love just being able to run off her and try and read what she's going to do so I think it's great for the girls that we have a backing camp it's going to lift everybody uh, it's a shame we don't have Holly and Fran as well um, but we know that Roachie's going to up our game again from uh, where we've been in training which has been really good from an RFL point of view then put your other hat on Okay. how important is it that we develop other nations around us the likes of Wales France Ireland and Scotland a bit further back coming up to this but how important is it that we develop them so England get better opponents better challenges going into matches against perhaps incredibly important and I think that like I don't think we talk about that enough um, because it's okay saying we need to play Australia we need to play New Zealand but it's unrealistic to expect us to be able to keep getting off across to Australia or New Zealand or expecting the return. We saw some of the challenges that we faced during the World Cup uh, trying to get you know nations from across the other side of the world over here. So we need to build it. We need to build it ourselves. It's no good just saying, actually, we've got no competition. Well, let's make sure we support them to be better. And you can see what great work Tom Brindle's done with that Wales squad in just a couple of years. They genuinely are a competitive nation now. Ireland and Scotland have the same opportunities um, to get up there, particularly Scotland, I think. And that's part of the strategy with our regions uh, and the tier two of the women's pyramid is to make sure that we have pockets of playing opportunities around the country where they can come up to that standard and have a club side that can support the international game of players that are rugby league people first a lot of that Wales squad would have been rugby union girls but have now transitioned and enjoy rugby league enough to say that actually I'm rugby league first and they're really really good rugby league players so for me yeah it absolutely is our responsibility to make sure we help and support home nations to be better so that we can have quality competition here that sets us up all, all four nations set up to be the best they can be when it comes to World Cups and other international competitions. More games and the likes of Cardiff and London to, to a different extent against the same as the Yorks, the Leeds, and all the other clubs to try and bring them up to, to what what they need to be what they need to be to compete. Yeah, well, the Challenge Cup competition does that, and that's the whole point of that format is that all the different clubs that are playing in different competitions can match themselves against what is the benchmark in the women's game, whether that's St Helens, York, Leeds. If they know that actually I'm only 20 points, 30 points behind a Saints or York or Leeds and actually, well, when I see the Women's Super League and Warrington or Huddersfield are only that far away, right, OK, I'm probably in and around that fifth, sixth place spot. What do we need to do then to get better? London openly said when we went down and um, supported them in the Women's Super League South, uh, final when we put on that event they were saying how much they learned from playing Saints early on in the season they said it was a bit of a wake up call 
um, in terms of where the standard was at and actually they performed really well the scoreline didn't reflect that at all um, but they were so much better because of it and then went on to win that competition for the first time so for me the Challenge Cup format is where we do that and we bring all the different clubs up to hopefully the standard where we possibly have a London Broncos or a Cardiff Demons in the Women's Super League When you're back in the office then on Monday or whenever I don't know when you're going to go back <laughs> to the office what would the atmosphere like between yourself and, and Mr Brindle with him leading <laughs> I know it is weird. Yeah, we have to we have to distance ourselves before the international because obviously Tom's my boss at work, um, but then also he's the coach that's going to be um, trying to break England down at the weekend. So uh, look, we have we have a good few jokes about it all, and Tom knows me as a player and a person inside out. He was my assistant coach at England for many years, so yeah, there's not going to be anything I can probably throw out there that he's not going to already be expecting, but. Um, I'm sure whatever the result that it'll be um, a nice atmosphere at the week at, on the Monday when we go into the office but no it is a tough it is a tough gig like even throughout the year when you go into the office if things haven't gone your way if you even if it's on a personal level even if the team's won but personally you're not happy with your performance and you know you have to go into the office and everyone's talking about it, it can be tough so hopefully I'm on the right side of that and can go into the office quite happy with how I and the girls performed well step back from internationals into before club rugby you had the origin match training session last week yes. could you see that there's there's no room for it in the calendar for the men's game but could that be something that could be used in the women's game a, a genuine Lancashire Yorkshire or whatever Lancashire Wales Yorkshire yes. Wales trying to see I don't know, I'm making things up off the top yeah. of my head is that something we could expand on to make it not just a, a training session but a, a spectator event in the future yeah 100% obviously the game that we had the, the origin game that we did midweek wasn't a spectator game it wasn't advertised it wasn't It wasn't for that it was for stewards for the coaching staff to select their team out of and, and adapt some of the environment and, and um, condition to the game so that they could see people under fatigue and under stress but the, the people who did go and watch said how great of a spectacle it was and, and how exciting of a game and the skill level was you know fantastic and the intensity so yeah 100% the girls despite it not being about the result or you know we were told it wasn't about the result it didn't matter we all still wanted the bragging rights of beating Yorkshire you know Derek Hardman who, who's assistant coach at England but he was um, you know the lead head coach for Lancashire side all he talked about was, you know, we've got to make sure we go in there and put performance in against Yorkshire. So, you know, we went and did that. I was actually really proud of how the girls came together, despite, you know, Saints and, and Wigan coming together. We had Tara Stanley from York. Um, you know, we've not, we hadn't, we'd done one training session with them. That was it. And actually on the field, you wouldn't know it because I think we gelled together really well. Um, just really nice team to play along like all the girls really nice to play alongside and I think they played at the best everyone just seemed to step up a level so I can 100% see something like that being part of the women's calendar most important hat for you players hat yes um, we see York and are now starting to pay players obviously not as full time professionals but as semi professionals yeah how important is growth sustainability in, in women's rugby league we've seen in other sports football teams have folded a couple of rugby union teams have, have gone by the wayside how important is it that yes you get don't need to go without money but that it's sustainable in the first place that we're not going to go five years down the line and no one's getting paid at all that, that we do grow sustainably how important is that for rugby league yeah of course it's important and I think what we've got to think about is being able to invest and work towards that potential so there's always the argument that you've, you've probably got to invest and put the value in earlier than when you're getting those returns um, but it has to be done in a sensible 
considered <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.